Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to wrap up chapter 13 in the book of Mark. You probably recall the end of this chapter when Jesus points out a poor widow to his disciples who comes into the temple and gives the last small amount of money she had to the temple treasury. No doubt the first time you read this passage, just like myself, you thought Jesus' main point was to commend this poor woman's sacrificial giving. Maybe you still do, but there's a larger lesson here, and it's connected to the last few verses we covered last week in which Jesus warned against the wicked influence of the scribes and Pharisees and how, while they looked and sounded so religiously devoted, they actually took advantage of the people. There's a principle of biblical interpretation Pastor Jim will demonstrate here that we can summarize this way, context, context, context. But before we get there, Pastor Jim will be wrapping up some comments on what he preached the week or two prior during his annual Provoke the Pastor series, in which he devotes a couple of weeks to answering questions written by the congregation. You can just consider this bonus material this week. Here's today's slice of the sermon entitled, But Why? Now, I have heard some very well done, heartfelt, and, and very believable statements from leadership of certain churches, certain denominations, certain schools, who have, with a history that goes back especially to the South, especially to 150 and more years ago, uh, I have heard people openly acknowledge we in our spiritual family tree have a history of enabling slavery or looking the other way at its evils or condoning segregation. We disavow that. We renounce that. We call it what it is, and we turn from it with apologies. Now, that's a good thing if it's accompanied by change, dealing with people in the right way. But I want you to understand, nothing in the realm of human justice will ever be without flaw. But understand this, and make no mistake, no one escapes the justice of God. One more passage, and then we'll move on. James chapter one, or chapter five, rather, verse one, and then down to verse five. James says at the beginning that he's writing to to Jews, and then he talks in the in the book about Jews who have they have professed faith in Christ. So he's talking to Jewish believers, and he says this among many other things. James five one, come now, and when James says come now in his book, it's like hey, let's get real here. You got a problem. Come now. You rich. Now, neither in James nor anywhere else does the Bible condemn being rich. But there are those who have gotten rich in an 
a wrong way, like Zacchaeus. That's what the kind of person he's talking about. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries which are coming upon you. Then he gives you a description of the kind of people he's talking to. Down to verse 4. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You can look that up on your own, but I summarize that as God's fighting name. You know, that has angered God. He saw, he understands, he knows, he has a perfect accounting of all of it. And he goes on to say, You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. Now, if that's not a call to turn from your sin, I don't know what would be. Understand, no one escapes the justice of God. And we're not saying that anybody should. We're not saying we're anti-justice. We certainly renounce uh, racism and any other systemic mistreatment of people. That is antithetical to being a Christian. So, there you go. That's the addendum to those two parts. This has been a special report from the HBC. I forgot to include that department. We now return to our regularly scheduled sermon. Now let's turn to Mark, and I hope you don't have whiplash for change of subject so fast. The title of this is, But Why? It won't take us long. If you've been a Christian very long at all, if you've hung around churches very long at all, it's almost certain that you have heard of the widow who gave all that she owned, all that she had to live on. Why did she do that? Well, she's in the next verses that are before us in the book of Mark. This is the story of the widow and the famous widow's might. The King James uses the word might to describe her offering. All right, we're going to take Mark 12, 41 to 44, and then we're going to back up and look at the context. We're going to see the setting, the widow, the lesson, and the reason. Now remember... We've been away from Mark for a little while, so I'll refresh your mind. We're at the very end of Jesus' public appearances before he goes to the cross. As a matter of fact, this happened toward the end of the last day that Jesus ever taught in public. Everything from this time on that he teaches is privately with his disciples. Um, Depending on how you reckon things and how you harmonize Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's either late in the day on Tuesday or late in the day on Wednesday of the week that Jesus will die on Friday. He's been teaching in the temple all day long. He's been doing verbal battle with the Pharisees and the Sadducees almost nonstop since the day before when he cleared the temple. The people around, they're there for the Passover, and there are thousands of them. They're hanging on his every word. The leaders of the Jews are seething in their murderous rage. They want to kill Jesus. They're extremely frustrated. They can't take him into custody for fear of inciting a rebellion 
and getting themselves hanged because Jesus was so well received at that time. So, what's the setting for this situation with this widow? Look at it in Mark 12, 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury. The treasury is uh, along the wall of the outer court of the temple. And there were a series of, uh, if you've ever driven on a toll road, a demonic invention that you have to pay to drive, uh, never mind, Uh, you know, where you toss your money in and there's little trumpet-shaped receptacles and you could designate your offering by which receptacle you put it in. Maybe this one for alms, maybe this one for uh, repairing the temple, maybe this one for the priests, maybe this one for the Levites, etc., etc. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and he's just watching. He began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. Now, that's not very complicated. Uh, If you can find a way to get spiritual goosebumps from that verse and claim it as your life verse, go for it. Just Jesus is watching people putting offerings into the receptacles in the temple. That's the setting. Then, the widow, verse 42. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Now, if you've been a Christian very long, you've undoubtedly heard someone preach on this and use this widow as the shining example of sacrificial giving. I admit it. I have used this widow as an example of sacrificial giving. But let's see if That's why this incident is recorded in the Bible. All it says is a very poor widow came and put in her last two coins. It was all she had. What about the lesson? It becomes very obvious that Jesus intended this to teach His disciples something. It applies to us by extension. What is the lesson? Well, Calling his disciples to him, meaning, this is a lesson, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Now, it's appropriate to appreciate her situation, to sympathize with her, to have compassion for her. She literally gave all she had, all she had to live on. Now, that's admirable on a human level. That that certainly shows commitment. The question is why she did it. Now, would you look carefully at everything that's not here? Just, you know, I mean, look, give it a good look. Jesus does not refer to this woman as a disciple, does not refer to her as a follower, does not make any connection to him and his crowd. He doesn't refer to her as a believer. He, he has also observed the wealthier ones who gave much more And he says nothing about their faith or lack of. He's just observing what happened. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.